2: David. Football. Football, David. The Dave Damasek Football Program. Available
0: on iTunes and at Dave Now here's
2: your host, Dave Damasek. And hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damoshek. Welcome to the Dave Damoshek Football Program. Available, as always, on iTunes, Stitcher, and NFL.com slash S-H-E-K, Sheck! All right, Week 7, just about in the books. We await the Monday night kickoff from Heinz Field, but we have enough of a sample size available to us to go over what we saw in Week 7. and As a matter of fact, what happened prior to week seven, namely the Percy Harvin trade. We're going to talk with our old pal at Move the Sticks, Daniel Jeremiah, about that in a little bit. But another former scout joining us right now here in studio. He and I put our heads together last week to figure out which of those good NFC teams <laughs> in a crowded NFC are going to be left on the outside, out in the cold watching everybody else on TV come January I wonder if the Seahawks are going to be one of one of those teams. Let's talk about it now with our old pal Ad Bucky Brooks. His name is Bucky Brooks. What's the poop, Bucky Brooks? <laughs>
1: what's up, Shuck? How's everything?
2: Swell, swell. Better for me than it is in Seattle, it would seem. What do you think about? What do you? What's your snapshot takeaway from all this Seattle noise? The happy family, the Pete Carroll good time vibe that they had going up there. Apparently. Not just coming, uh, you know, not just uh, conflict happening in the last couple of days, but apparently for the last several months, including even during the Super Bowl, eh?
1: No, I mean, it's a part of a team. I think sometimes you have conflicts. Everyone doesn't get along. It's impossible to think that you can have 53 men on a roster, maybe another eight guys on practice squad, and everyone's going to get along that you won't have interpersonal conflict. I think it's one of those things that a good coaching staff and a good team, they're able to navigate through and manage. I think the situation with Percy Harvin finally reached a point where it was too much, which is why they jettisoned him to the New York Jets, and they're trying to move on without him.
2: I get the practical need to dump some salary, find some room somewhere because you're gonna have to pay Russell Wilson, the gathering storm. That's something we've we've talked about here in the last, I guess, twelve or eighteen months is it's almost unfair to compare Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, you know, although that that uh, Drew Brees, that older group of QBs, to the younger guys, and not just because the younger guys run around, but because they're still in their fir- they're still in their rookie contracts. So of course, all these teams that are built around Cam Newton and uh, Colin Kaepernick and so on. They are they need to move around some pieces, just like those you know the the more entrenched QBs teams have had to do or take reduced rates to you know like I say to get in under the cap.
1: Yeah, I mean it does change the dynamic when you talk about these guys working on their rookie deal. They are at a very affordable, cost effective mm-hmm. point, and so you, it's easier to build a team around a quarterback that's at a manageable number. For Russell Wilson, you're talking about maybe a million dollars in salary. Well, when you think about the top quarterbacks getting anywhere from eighteen to nineteen million That's a huge Mm -hmm. amount of money or pie that you can distribute to other players. The challenge for Seattle going forward will be how do you surround him with enough weapons to allow him to do what he needs to do while also compensating him for whatever the market is, the market rate or the market share that he deserves or whatever. I think that's a delicate balance. But I also think Pete Carroll has kind of talked about the quarterback in Seattle being a position that is not necessarily the glory position, but wanting to have kind of like a point guard. In that position, so if he's laying the groundwork for that, I'm sure they're going to try to pay him at a compensation rate that kind of embodies how he views the position. But you know, Russell, yeah, let's say Russell 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 Wilson's agent, yeah, you know, know, his agent, his agent will balk at that. But you know, I think this would be the first test to see. How do they view the quarterback position if they're willing to pay him what some of those other guys have gotten?
2: But realistically, though, this team is, you know, as soon as they went down 21-3, to I guess, on that uh, crazy punt return – on Sunday to the Rams. As soon as that happened, I felt like I was watching a college game where you see, you know, when it's bowl season and in the old days, a big eight team would get down Mm -hmm. a couple of touchdowns. You say, oh, this team isn't built to to pull off comebacks. They're a running-based team. And I felt that way about the Seahawks. Now they almost did pull the comeback off, but it all was because it felt like because of Russell Wilson making special sorts of plays for a quarterback running 50 yards down the field, something you don't see very often. What what, what do they, I mean, and, and also, by the way, this has got to be Marshawn Lynch's last year. I think that's a terribly kept secret. Nate Burleson walking around the NFL media halls last week. I talked with him about that. We know he's disgruntled. Then he's tweeting that he doesn't like this move of Percy Harvin. So that's this idea one that one of his dues. Yeah. Well, well, this is a terrible locker room. But if Percy Harvin is a scourge in the locker room. Well, it's like well Cliff Avril doesn't seem to care because he's tweeting out. Oh man, I wish he didn't have to go. And Marshawn Lynch loves him. So. Well, that's a different issue for another time is that the way a locker room can fracture and that, you know, it's not like everybody has one opinion. Like you say, 53 guys and all the coaches and so on. But, again, back to practical football matters, you know, who's he throwing the ball to? Doug Baldwin is a nice football player. I think he – and he has a chip on his shoulder and all the Mm -hmm. right stuff. But he's not a number one receiver. This team can't keep up, can they? They can't. Here's the
1: misnomer, and I think what has happened with the evolution – of fantasy football the the explosion of fantasy football rather we on the outside view football in different terms we believe you have to have a franchise quarterback to win you have to have a number one receiver you Mm got to have a big time running back and it's really not necessarily true when i was in the seattle seahawks the team that eventually went to the super bowl was a team that had one b type receivers on the outside daryl jackson bobby ingram corn robinson played a role joe jere vicious also played a role wait a second did we ever talk about the fact that you were there Well, I mean, I wasn't there. I was there when we acquired those pieces. I was in Carolina when that team went to the Super Bowl and they were jobbed by the referees Don't and start the Pittsburgh with that. Steelers. Don't but start. Yeah, with like that. I, no one likes I was that. there, but, but I was in wondering looking, if you had an opinion. Look, and looking at that team, like in Coach Holmgren, and even when we went to the Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers, like that team wasn't built around like the triplets, mm-hmm. like they had in Dallas. We had Troy, you had Emmitt Smith and Michael Irvin in Green Bay. You had Brett Favre. You had a nondescript running back in Dorsey Levin, who ended up being a Pro Bowler. You had a couple guys in Antonio Freeman and Robert Brooks, but not guys that you would say are at the top of their position. But because of the system and the chemistry and the continuity and also having a game changer at the quarterback position, you can win in that capacity. So it's not necessarily one-stop
2: shopping for building a Super Bowl champion. I hear you. But – and and a lot of people say, hey, by the way, you know, the Seahawks got to the Super Bowl last year without Percy Harvin, so obviously they can't. But agree or disagree, this team is not as good as the 2013. The defense – is not as shut down as it was. You can run on this team a little bit. A little bit, but I think the
1: same the same things held true last year. When you really look at them and study them, teams that lined up and were very, very committed to running the football had success. Mm. Teams yeah, that would get true. it over the 30 rushing attempt mark, they would have success. But are you patient enough to stick to that approach? And I know people have kind of been dismissing or dogging their defense, but when you really study the defense, coming into this last game, they were – ninth in terms of yards per pass attempt so they have only given up seven yards per pass attempt and so yes guys are running up outstanding completion percentages because they're more willing to take the dink and dunk but they're not losing games because people are dinking and dunking the ball down the field they're just not simply tackling as well as they did the previous year giving up maybe a little more rack than they had be but i i think the thing with every team the first half of the season no one wants to hear this Basically ignore what happens the first half of the season. The only thing you're trying to figure out the first half of the season, who your playmakers are, what is the identity of the team, so you can make a run down the stretch. When I was at Carolina, John Fox talked about going 3-1 and one every quarter. Mm-hmm. That'll get you to 12-4. and four. What you're trying to do is really put yourself in pole position the first half so you can make a legitimate run into the tournament. Because we've seen the teams that win the Super Bowl are not the first or the second seeds. It's the teams that are down the ranks for the most part that get hot they strike
2: a match and they go into the postseason rolling. All right. Well, I know we talked about it just a week ago, but now let's revisit it because you know. To me, I I don't want to ha- you know mm-hmm. beat a dead let's horse we- here. But here's the thing with Percy Harvin in my book, and mm-hmm. certainly you know better than I. Mm-hmm. But for me. The thing that he is is he's this weird X factor that you have to account for at all times if you're playing against them. You know they they become two dimensional when you take him off the off the board. And even though he's a unique sort of talent, in the same way, if you look up who the receiving leaders are right now in the NFL, Brandon Marshall isn't at the top, isn't in the top ten. Des Bryant, in most key statistical categories, isn't in the top ten. Andre Johnson. And so on, and I'm trying to conjure some other of the big names. Only really Julio Jones of those, you know, the elite the names, names yes. are really up there in the top five of things. So that leads me to think that a lot of guys are being used to play decoy right now, including. Percy Harvin, and when you take away that decoy, you're allowed to, to really lock in. I mean, what's what's scary about the Seahawks other than Marshawn Lynch? Well,
1: I mean, I think that's the thing. I think when they're at their best, regardless of whether Percy Harvin was there or not, this is a team that runs through Marshawn Lynch. That's Marshawn, what you said a
2: week ago, and I want to give Marshawn, you credit for that. You Marshawn, said they've got to stop being cute, and it was funny. I thought of you, as soon as the trade went down, I thought maybe they were listening to Bucky and saying, <laughs> stop being so cute and get back to hammering the ball over well, and I mean, over that's and when over they're
1: again. Their best. When they're their best, they're a team that can run the ball, very efficient in what they do in the passing game and they do a good job of creating stops and turnovers and scoring opportunities on defense Percy Harvin alleviated some of the pressure on Marshawn Lynch because he could take the safety out the box. He forced defensive coordinators to focus on him because they used him in a variety of ways. And I know people have been like, oh, well, you know, Jeremy Curley is just as effective as Percy Harvin based on the numbers. But if you ask any defensive coordinator, they don't go into the game dealing with that. Like, so numbers are numbers. And then talent is talent. I think for Percy Harvin, his talent made you pay attention to where he was at all times. And that created other opportunities But still, with the Seattle Seahawks, it's about Marshawn Lynch. You still have to command an eight-man box. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, Doug Baldwin, Jermaine Kearse, uh, Paul Richardson, Ricardo Lockett, some of the other guys, they have one-on-one opportunities. Mm -hmm. Now it's incumbent on them to win in those one-on-one situations.
2: Okay, and uh, I'll give you this mulligan opportunity. You don't seem to care that much about the absence of Percy Harvin, um, but I will give you the mulligan. Do you want to revise your NFC West, uh, how it's going to finish up there?
1: I think last week I said what, Seattle and yes. Arizona? Yes. <sighs> I still like those two guys getting in.
2: Ooh, all right. I still okay. like
1: Arizona getting in. I still believe that Seattle will find their way. Um after being in Detroit and watching New Orleans, whew, I still have them as the team to beat in the NFC South. <laughs> Uh, You know, Detroit is really good on defense. Yeah. They are really good on defense. I still have Green Bay getting the nod in the NFC North. And so that still leaves Detroit on the outside because I have Dallas and Philly going to the playoffs from the NFC East.
2: Wow. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's all interesting stuff. Um, So I want a couple things real quick before you blow out of here. First of all, this Mel Kuyper Jr., to be honest with you, I'm not sure where you come down on this. But, you know, three, four weeks ago, Mel Kuyper Jr. really led the charge. Well, <laughs> Jameis Winston, undraftable now, <laughs> yeah, and all this right. nonsense. Right? Oh, you're, you're with me there. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, our teams, I mean, every year, the yeah, same thing. Right. And by the way, this isn't, I know this sounds like dumb cynicism or whatever, but I said this a year ago, and I was proven correct about it. This stuff. Oh, Jadavian uh, Clowney has no desire for football. I said, listen, people are going to line up to get him. He will be in the top cup. I said maybe the first overall team won't take him because they have uh, redundancy at the position, but otherwise, Jadavian Clowney is going to be the first pick, and so he was. Same thing this year, right? I mean, this thing with 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 uh, with with Gurley as well. Listen, if you're if you've already proven mm-hmm. your pedigree. Mm-hmm. I might sign some autographs too. Oh, wait, I'm suspended and can't get hurt now? During the you
1: say that, like two things, because I'll answer your question about uh, Jameis Winston. I talked to an evaluator, talked to a high-ranking official. I'm glad you
2: cut me off there. I would have gone for another 15, 20 Todd minutes Gurley. And they said that, like, <laughs> well, I've already seen everything that I need to see. Like, in
1: essence, right. if he doesn't play another down, he comes into the league with fewer miles on the car, like, I'm okay with that. Like, I know he's a big-bodied guy. He showed me that he can run in between the tackles. He showed me the durability. He showed me some specialness when he took the kickoff back. He's already checked off all the boxes. So if he doesn't play another snap, it doesn't have any effect on his draft stock. In fact, I like the fact that he comes into the league fresh. With Jameis Winston, I just watched the game this weekend, and then I wrote this thing on CFB 247, uh, where I talked about Jameis Winston, like, say what you want to. He is the best quarterback potentially in the 2015 class. And in my estimation, it's not even close. You can jump around and say that there are other guys like, oh, Marcus Mariota is a more explosive athlete Mm -hmm. and he does that. But remember, Marcus Mariota plays in a system that most teams don't run in the National Football League. So when you take him, you better take his system or he's going to have a bit of a learning curve that's going to prevent him from being the player that we see on Saturdays on Sundays. Connor Cook is another guy that will kind of conjure up some conversation, comes from Michigan State, Mm -hmm. a guy that is in a pro-style system, looks the part, um, has all the prototypical dimensions that you look for. But he doesn't have the notable big game resume that Jameis Winston has. Jameis Winston is everything that you look for at the position. 6'4", 230 pounds, athletic enough to make some plays, big time talent under pressure. Second half against the Notre Dame game after flopping 15 of 16, 181 yards. And whenever they needed a play, he delivered. That has been his trademark at every point of his career. Oklahoma State this year, they needed plays. They were struggling. Jameis Winston, second half, leads them back. National Championship game, lost his way in the first half. Second half, fourth quarter, game on the line, bing, 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 touchdown. So when I'm looking for a player that can perform at that position, I'm looking for a level of performance that shows to me that he can deliver in the clutch. And the fact that he's doing this with, All of these circumstances and situations about him says to me, he's resilient. He has perseverance. He has a level of grit that I need. Because when you come in as a franchise quarterback, you're expected to deliver a lot of expectations and a lot of production. And so the weight of carrying that sometimes make people cave. I believe there's nothing that will happen in the National Football League that'll make Jameis Winston lose.
2: Look his at life. all the stuff going on around him, and he keeps on delivering. That's all you need to know in my book. You that, know? That,
1: that's all you need to know. And then when you really get close to the program and you talk to people there, like people mm-hmm. don't know. Like, hey, this guy has a – GPA and like a very difficult major. I want to say it's engineering or something like that. Like, he's a very smart kid. He's very smart Mm -hmm. in the classroom. Is he immature? Yes. Does he need to grow from the incidents and allegations and all those things that he's dealt with? Yes. And he has to deal with those and those things need to be investigated. But in terms of on the field and his football character, he's a guy that most people would want in the locker room. People would talk themselves out of it because the PR hit that comes with it. But at the end of the day, the good football coaches will find find a way to say, I want this guy on my team because I know he's going to deliver when the pressure's on.
2: By the way, he also would get my Heisman vote, too, if he keeps this I got him in my
1: Heisman race. And I know people have have talked about, oh, no, there's no way. But here it is. They have won 23 straight. He's undefeated since he stepped onto the college scene as a starting quarterback. 20-0 surpassed Greg McElroy as the most wins in a row starting. Mm Mm-hmm. He's going to be in the conversation because they have a couple of bellwether games. Louisville, I want to say they also play Miami, Florida. And there's another notable game on this schedule where you he'll get a lot of attention. They go into the tournament undefeated. Jameis Winston is <laughs> going to be right there. He has to be in the conversation. And if
2: he wins another national championship or at least even plays well in, that, in the BCS uh, tourney, he is going to be the first overall pick. So uh, get ready for that world if you're up on Mount Pius and don't think he deserves it or whatever. And by the way, he won't just be the best quarterback of 2015. He is better right now than – than. and I like Derek Carr and I like Blake Bortles, but he's going to be better than them. He's certainly going to be better than Geno Smith and E.J. Manuel. He's the best quarterback prospect in the last three years at least. All right, real quick, Buck. I don't want to hold you up. Um I just had a dumb question that uh, occurred to me this morning so I want to run it past you. Just do it. Cuz this is what it comes down to. All this night, I mean, congratulations to Peyton Manning. You know, well deserved, of course. That's a uh, obviously a tremendous record. One play. Let's say there's two, let me give you the scenario, buddy. Mm-hmm. 2 seconds left in the Super Bowl. The score is 27-23. The trailing team has the ball on the 17-yard line, let's say. We got to drive it and win it. 17 yards. You got one play, two seconds left. Who's your quarterback? Who's your receiver? Then flip it. Who's your corner? Who's your, uh, who's your pass rusher, I guess give me a left tackle because I can't evaluate offensive line. No.
1: Okay, we start we start with the quarterback first. Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback. That's right, he's the best. And the reason Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback is because I want a guy who is athletic enough where if it breaks down, yes. if it just completely goes to pot, a guy that can make plays on the move, Aaron Rodgers is as good as anybody in the game with that, and he's also a really, really, really good pocket passer. I'm fine with Aaron Rodgers okay. being the guy I want. My wide receiver, this may cause a little bit of... No conversation. How about Des Bryant?
2: I love this that. I think Bryant, that's exactly Dez right. Des
1: Bryant is a physical man yes. child on the perimeter. Does a great job of making acrobatic catches. Catches the ball outside the frame of his body, but is also explosive enough to break tackles on catch and run plays. In a pinch, if we can't get the ball into the end zone, we get it to him at the five. I'm confident that Des Bryant can break a tackle to him and find a way to get to that's a dirt.
2: good one. Demarius Thomas, now that you say that, jumps into my mind because if he gets it. He is. But here, here's, here's the difference
1: between Demarius Thomas and Des Bryant in my mind. I think those guys are both on the same plane. I don't think you can go wrong with either one of which is why they were drafted the way they were drafted. I believe that Dez Bryant is probably a smidge better as a route runner than Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas is a more explosive athlete I mean, the fact that this guy is six four, two hundred thirty five 235 pounds, runs like a deer, does the thing that he does on the perimeter is amazing. I, I don't think you can go wrong with those guys. I'm just a little more confident in gotcha. Des Bryant's hands and what he brings to the table. Left tackle, Jason Peters from Philadelphia. I want an athletic guy because I know the other team is going to put their most explosive, most dynamic pass rusher on their side to come off the black, the blind side. I think Jason Peters can snuff him out. Really good athlete. Got Was as a tight end in college. Made the conversion.
2: Insiders like yourself tell me that Jason Peters is one of the 10 to 20 best players in the NFL period.
1: He's a great player. I mean, he's a great player. The fact that he's coming off, a, I want to say, Achilles or mm-hmm. whatever injury that kept him out a couple of years ago. He's an outstanding player. He's a big reason why Nick Foles has been very, very good in the pocket because he's been protected on the blind side. You know, the pass rusher flipping to the other side of the ball, that, man, that really trips me out because – It's really hard. I know some people will say J.J. Watt, and I like his energy or whatever, but he's an inside player. Typically, I want that rusher to come from the outside. And even though this guy is an older player, he's coming off an injury, and we thought that he was done. Demarcus Ware is kind of resurfacing mm-hmm. as a guy that I mm-hmm. think I could depend on in the clutch. I would either want either one of the guys from Denver, Demarcus Ware or Von Miller. It's funny, yeah. I because like because Von been, number the, one, right? Von Miller. The only reason I'm hesitant on saying Von Miller is because he's coming off the knee. He's not fully all the way back. Mm-hmm. But if he was healthy, I would take Von Miller in a set because his get off reminds me of a teammate of mine, the late Derek Thomas. I've never seen someone who can completely anticipate agree with that comparison. The snap yeah. count and come off the edge and bend and burst. Von Miller, Demarcus Ware. I can't go wrong there. At cornerback I still say the best corner in the game is Darrell Revis because he can play any style, any technique, anywhere on the field, outside, inside, traveling, not traveling, left corner, whatever. Darrell Revis is the most technically sound corner in the game. If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down with him because I know he's going to try and do things the right way and I can trust him in those one-on-one matchups.
2: Let's get rid of the Pro Bowl and just do this. I'll just create dumb scenarios and then we'll, pick, we'll take pieces and we'll say, now do this, let's see who wins. Wouldn't that be more fun to watch than the
1: Pro Bowl? I like watching the Pro Bowl. I know like, it's tough and people don't understand this. Like, The Pro Bowl is an exhibition and the last thing you want to do as a player is to go through a full season and then get hurt in the exhibition. That's why you don't see him ratcheted up sure, a little bit. Sure, I get it. You don't want to knock out your buddy and hurt him in a, in a game that really doesn't mean anything.
2: All right, the great Bucky Brooks, two weeks in a row paying us a visit here on the Dave Damashek football program, and we're better for it. Great stuff, Buck, and, of course, the James Winston piece can be tracked down at NFL.com. College football 24-7, be on the lookout for that, as well as the tremendous podcast he does with Matt Money-Smith and with Daniel Jeremiah. That's available on iTunes just like the DDFP is. And uh, let's keep it rolling, Buck. I enjoy uh, kibbitson with you as often as possible. Thanks for having me on. You make me sick. You seem because I take your stuff and then I shamelessly go and pass it off as my own, <laughs> and no one's the wiser really, except the people listening to us right now. All right, there he goes, the great Bucky Brooks, and look who he passes in the hallway through the glass. I can see him now making his way back into Studio 66. Maximum strength at Move the Sticks, the Move the Sticks podcast doing gangbuster stuff for NFL media. Here he is, everybody. It's Daniel Jeremiah. What's the poop with you, fella? Nothing, Dave. Fun uh, fun weekend of football, college football, pro football, uh, a lot of fun. Pretty much every weekend, right? We've been... uh... This is a pretty good run we're on right now. Yes, indeed. And uh, Bucky and I spoke about uh, the Irish and uh, Seminoles game there. We'll get back to that in a minute. Last week, Bucky and I Address the NFC playoff picture, and of course the NFC looks more loaded once again than the AFC does. There are some legitimately good teams in the NFC that are going to miss out on playing in January. Let's now talk about the AFC side. Who's going to miss it among these teams in contention? And I wonder, does Percy Harvin now make the Jets a playoff contender? Let's move on. You, you almost
0: <laughs> you almost stayed in character, and uh, but then eventually you broke out.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, I don't know that the Jets are making the playoffs. Although it's very strange that they make this trade the day after they lose to the <laughs> Patriots and basically have any chance of making the playoffs. Dash. But let's get Percy yep. for next year. All right, let's talk about who this year is going to be in there, and. Who's going to miss it? And I guess let's start with the with the West because now with that Chiefs victory against the Chargers in yeah. San Diego, they once again are relevant at 3-3. Three and three. Let's go with those three teams there, the Chargers and the Broncos.
0: I, I still think the Broncos end up winning the division, um, and I believe San Diego ends up getting that wild card. So I think they are get a chance to be a wild card team that's going to be a team nobody wants to play, especially if they get a little more healthy. Coming down the stretch, Kansas City, look, they've beaten New England now. They've beaten San Diego. Those are two quality wins. I'm still I'm a little bit reluctant to to go all in on them right now. Um... I just when I look at that division, to me, those are still the top two teams.
2: Who's going to take Thursday night? Can we assume then that you're taking Peyton at home?
0: Peyton at home, short week. That's a big challenge. I know San Diego's not scared of anybody, especially going up there. They don't have anything. Uh, you know, some teams they step on the field against Peyton Manning and the game's over. San Diego's not like that. I think it'll be a competitive game, but short week at Denver. Um, that that's a tall hurdle. I'll take the Broncos.
2: True or false? It would have been cooler for Peyton to break the record on Sunday night from his bum the play before he throws the the uh, the go-ahead yep. of Brett Favre touchdown pass. Wouldn't it have been nice when he fell on his bum if he would have thrown that one? That would have stood out. We would have remembered that one forever.
0: Yeah, I still think. The, the thing that's most memorable about the whole deal, though, is the uh, the, keep play, the keep away game from the receivers and him. That was pretty classic. <laughs> you signed classic. off on that. I thought it was great. I thought it was funny.
2: I thought it was funny, too, until Did I Peyton woke up. Did say anything on, afterwards? Yes, I woke up on Monday morning to learn that he orchestrated the whole thing and, in fact, had the players, had the receivers – practice it during the week. Really? So, oh,
0: I didn't know that. So you're you're breaking news to me. Right I know. Now. I don't want
2: to break your heart with that. That's ah, terrible. I got more is, bad is, news for is, you. Is wrestling real? <laughs> we'll talk about that. Okay, after. thanks. This, I don't want you to get weepy on the air here. The other thing is, too, you're not allowed to organize and, uh, and, and uh, uh, rehearse Touchdown celebrations. Where's the flag? Come on, refs. Ah,
0: the Pittsburgh and you still (laughs) comes out. (laughs) All right, let's go to that
2: division, the North. All of a sudden, they're the Baltimore Ravens leading the thing they going to hold on.
0: Yeah, you know, look, I, I look at the way they're playing up front with their their defense, their defensive line. they got a lot of depth. C.J. Mosley, I think, should be the rookie of the year the mm-hmm. way he's played. He's been dynamic. Um, they're getting a little bit healthy on the outside with Darius Webb, and we, we've seen uh, Jimmy Smith take his game to a next level. So a lot of focus has been on Joe Flacco and Steve Smith, but to me it's kind of like the, the, the other side of the ball. The Baltimore defense has got things figured out. They look like their old self. I actually like them right now. I, I've been kind of riding Cincinnati for a while. I know they need to get A.J. Green back. That'll make a big difference. But man, they got that was a good old fashioned butt kicking from the Colts. So I, I still think the the Baltimore Ravens win that division. The Cincinnati Bengals are the second wild card behind the San Diego Chargers.
2: How much can we ascribe to the fifth quarter that the Bengals had to play? As an excuse for them not showing up on Sunday. No, I, I don't, I, you know. Isn't that, isn't the fatigue? I hear people bring that one up after it happens. Look at the well, look at what happened to the two teams that played that fifth quarter in week okay, six. Okay,
0: being a little bit sluggish, but that wasn't a little bit sluggish. That was a complete annihilation. I mean, I, I don't know what they ended up on third down. there 0 for 11 at one point in time. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think you can blame that. I, I thought they got physically manhandled
2: on both sides. So you're going bald birdies to win the uh, to win the North, eh? Yep. All right, very good. Then let's talk about the South. It's the Colts, Colts, and yeah, That's it. On. Yeah, that's it. When, they, when, the, when the Texans have Clowney no. in there, can't they just no. dominate? No, no. look at the quarterbacks. I
0: Done. agree. It's I over. agree. I'm that's just trying over. to play and devil's. The, and, the, and, the, and the East is over. Yeah, it is, huh? I think so. They've owned that division forever. Nothing's changed in there. I think you see you see Miami kind of show you something and you get excited about them and Buffalo will sneak in with a big win, but you know deep down inside when it comes to the end of the year, I don't think either one of those teams will be there.
2: Yeah, I agree with you about the Dolphins. They are destined for 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah. Um the the Bills, the Bills are, will they'll be the best team that doesn't get into the playoffs. That's yeah. my prediction on them. Yeah. Um What do you think about uh, my uh, – what about the Brownies? Do they have any chance? How bad was that loss on Sunday? I did forecast that it would happen.
0: As did the, uh, the man you're talking to. Is that right? Friday total access. I said they will win the game. How about that? Yeah. I just look, you know, look, and I was one of the ones kind of everybody said it. You look at the next three games for the, for the Browns. And we all they're six and two. And that dealing with success is a lot more difficult than people realize. Mm-hmm. And then you have Alex Mack, who's not there. You've got the Browns who want to play a real physical game. They want to run the football. Jacksonville, that's one of the strengths they actually have is they're pretty physical up front. So they're able to take that away. Um, and, and you're able to win a football game when your quarterback throws three interceptions. I mean, really shouldn't have been that close when you look at it that way.
2: I asked, um, you know, so that's a ha- that was a happy locker room, you know. I, 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 as I've said before, the greatest miracle Mike Pettin's pulled off so far is just relegating Johnny Manziel yeah. to just not. A yeah, he's not even been mentioned. It's yeah. it's, it's, it's not an it's issue. It's He's not in there. It's a it's a it's really kind of a nice thing. Meantime, you hear all this stuff about Seattle's locker room, and we know Jim Harbaugh the off season there. We know Baltimore has had its issues off the field. Are we overrating the happy locker room thing that it's, it, you got to get along? I mean, I, I know you always hear, hey, there's no way Bucky said, you know, 53 guys, they're not all going to be friends. Yeah. Of course, I'm not that naive, but I thought that you had to sort of in a football locker room be a little, you know, be together, single-minded in in purpose. Apparently, no. I, I don't
0: think so. I mean, you can go back through history and not only look at the players, but look at an organization. Dallas Cowboys won two Super Bowls yeah, with an owner one. and a head coach who had nothing to do with each other. Um, you look at the Chicago Bulls, I know you have obviously the greatest player in the world, Michael Jordan, but there's some interesting uh, issues on that team. Michael, who, who did he punch? Was Steve Curry punched in practice? Yes. Um, you had Dennis Rodman and all his craziness. I mean, like, you got to go through it. it. To me, it's always been. We talk about it on here, Dave. It's it's about it's about the talent that exists on your football team, and we try and make a big deal out of everything else. And at the end of the day, you got better players than
2: the other team, you're going to win. All right, back to the matter at hand. Let's seed these teams out in the AFC. How's yep. it going to look? I'm number sorry,
0: one. Number one for me, Denver Broncos. Uh, I still believe in the Indianapolis Colts. Picked them to go to the Super Bowl before the season started. But I have the Denver, Bron- Denver
2: Broncos, number one, followed by the Colts at number two. Colts will be the number one seed. Look at the rest of their schedule. There's yeah. not a lot of tough uh, games coming up there.
0: Uh, they, they should go on a nice run right here. And since they put the ball in Andrew Luck's hands, Pep Hamilton, the offensive yep. coordinator, after that Philadelphia game, they haven't lost. So they'd be number two for me. Number three, I'll have New England, who looks like a completely different team than we saw at Kansas City a few weeks ago. And then I'll have Baltimore at number four. The interesting thing is if you're the Indianapolis Colts at number two, and I'll go through the last couple ones here. I have the wild cards. I have San Diego as five and Cincinnati at six. Um, But I think you look at the Denver Broncos coming off of a bye, could have a very tough game at home, and I think there's a very real chance. The Colts, even though I have them as a second seed, they're hosting the AFC Championship game.
2: Hmm, interesting. And I think, again, same story as it was in 2013, the Patriots have turned it around and have, you know, shown the world don't write us off just yet. But it's still, I mean, again, with uh, with Mayo out for, uh, for the rest of the season, they just don't, they're not capable of stopping the run. I mean, there's no answer for that. And you cannot run the table in the postseason if you don't stop the run. True.
0: Well, it's different now. I mean, I, I think my whole thing in the post thing, you have to be able to win different styles. You, mm. you
2: don't know. You might find yourself – I you, guess that's the Patriots you know, way of it, the 21st century is yeah. being chameleon-like. Yeah,
0: exactly, and that's going to be a challenge. The interesting thing to me is one of the reasons I feel good about Indianapolis – As much as we kind of rip on Trent Richardson, Ahmad Bradshaw has played really, really well. Mm -hmm. He's kind of ascended to be that top back, and now pressure's off Trent Richardson. Guess what? He's running hard. Had his best game last week, uh, running the ball, catching the ball. Still not going to make anybody miss, but he's running hard. He's turning some of those short gains into five and six and seven-yard gains. Um, So I think that Colts team has the ability. You want to play smash mouth? They can do it with their defensive front. Now they can run the ball a little bit better than people think, and they find themselves in a shootout like they did in the playoffs last year. Andrew Luck can win that as well.
2: How does it just change seemingly overnight? The Colts, the knock on them, even the people who believed in them, was this is all about Andrew Luck and yeah. that ability to outscore the opponent. How does the defense just suddenly wake up in week three or week four-ish, if you look at the statistics, they're dominating defensively. Where did this come from?
0: Yeah, third third down, they've been outstanding. But to me, you look at their defense... It starts in the corners. Greg Toller has been healthy. Vontae Davis has been healthy, and they just get after people at the line of scrimmage on the outside. It allows Pagano to be very creative with what he wants to do with his front. Bjorn Warner's one of the most improved players in the league in his second season. I mean, imagine if they had Mathis on this team. If he doesn't get hurt, that, that takes the defense to a whole nother level. Toquel Jackson was an underrated signing in free agency. They, they, they've they bought in completely to what they're doing. Even like they have an undrafted player, Zach Kerr, defensive tackles playing outstanding. They, they have a lot of depth in their front. They're, they're for real on defense. I don't buy that whole, it's, it's just Andrew Luck. When you go through how, how their defense is playing, look at the weapons they have on offense. Dwayne Allen, we saw Fleener make a play the other day. You got T.Y. Hilton, Reggie Wayne can still help. Um, and you got Knicks. I mean, they, they have a lot of weapons. And on offense, the two young guards, Jack Muhord, a rookie, and Hugh Thornton, second-year second, second year
2: player, uh, they've got some guys. Um, all right, let's move to another subject then. And uh, that is... A whimsical one. I just said it to Bucky, and now I'm going to say it to you. Let's replace the Pro Bowl. I've long said the two worst teams playing for the first overall pick in the following draft would be uh, would be fun. I Instead, I, how about I just cook up dumb scenarios and you plug the pieces in, and then we put NFL players out to see how this one goes. This is similar to something you did a couple of years ago now where you said for one game, what yeah, quarterback, yeah, yeah. what season, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. All right, let's do this. Two seconds left in the Super Bowl. Trailing team is down four. They're at the 17 yard line. Who's the quarterback you want? Who's the receiver you want? Who's the DB you want? Who's the, corn, uh, who's the corner you want? Who's the left tackle you want? And who's the pass rusher you That's want? It's a lot of questions. There. All right, it's a lot. Start with the quarterback. You know what I'm going to say? Aaron
0: Rodgers is That's my right. quarterback. That's right. See, my receiver. That's the correct answer. My receiver is Des Bryant.
2: In that situation, Bucky said the same too. So far, you are on um, the
0: roll. Then we go to the. Why cork. is that though? Sorry, guys, I don't yeah. mean to jump in. It feels like a lot of people like dance with
2: that tenacity. They feel because, like he's going to
0: play hard every yeah. down. But let's be honest. Even though Calvin's quiet, I know he's hurt. Calvin's a quiet guy, but come on. Are you really going to take Dez over a healthy Calvin? In I, I would because I've seen Calvin drop some of those balls in those situations. I've seen him make some unbelievable catches. I just think in terms of, like, being – I want reliability. My season's on the line. Life's on the line. I, I, I just think Dez Bryant, I, I think he would take that. Uh, brawn and
2: clutch, yeah. too. He's made some big some big plays in big situations. You don't think Calvin's more brawn than Dez? It's a different style. He's b- bigger. He's bigger, and he's very athletic, and he's physical.
0: I still, you know, when 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 he's healthy, I still he's obviously the best guy in, around. But Des Bryant, I just think he's going to – A, the referees are going to swallow their whistle. Des not afraid to push off a little bit, and he's going to make the play. All right, left tackle. Left tackle for me, man, it's a, it's a toss-up, and it's not – Joe Thomas is not one of the two. It would be between Tyron Smith and Jason Peters, and I would probably right now – I would go with Jason Peters because he's got more experience, a little more savvy. Uh, so far, you
2: and Bucky are in lockstep. Is that really three what he three. had? Yeah, yeah Jason Peters as well. Going. I think Corner, you're probably going to agree. Uh, so what was this? so we have Corner? Yeah, who's uh, who's going to defend there? In that situation,
0: desk? the corner. I'll I'll take Richard Sherman.
2: Ah, all right. Finally, you deviate. Who's so take you're Twenty-five. He went with Reeves uh, there. Yeah. And pass rusher.
0: My pass rusher in that situation. To close out the game, I mean, you, you, I'd still take J.J. Watt. I know he's not an edge guy, but he can play. I, you can put him
2: out there. Fun. Let's just cook up these scenarios. Put like I buck say, who do take for his pass rusher? I'm not telling you. You will have to listen to the podcast wow. to find that out. Good tease. Demarcus Ware, sweet. So okay. Him. Yeah. Um. All right. Great stuff as always. And the other thing, DJ, real quick. Uh, I think you're weighing in as well. As am I. I said, you know. James Winston, same thing as Jadavian Clowney a year ago. All this nonsense, and same thing with Todd Gurley. It's not the same. I get that there's different. There's a difference. Not the same. But is Jameis Winston going to be a top three
0: pick? I, I don't know. We're a long ways from that, but I'm just telling you. Having sat in the draft room, and you're talking about a defensive end and his character, and you're talking about a quarterback and his character, hmm. it is not the same thing
2: at all. Very interesting. I say ultimately it will be the same result. Everybody's going to – he'll go to the combine. I mean, he's a gigantic guy. He's playing in clutch games pretty much almost every week and delivering. All the off-field turmoil doesn't impact him at all once he gets between the lines. I say – uh, the only way he isn't the number one overall pick is because the team that is drafting happens to have the guy that they consider. So Oakland, you're talking about Oakland or somebody like that, right? Or or uh, Jacksonville has Blake Bortles. So yeah. A long ways to go. He's got a lot of questions to answer. Very interesting. Yeah. though. I see. I say no. I, it's clear to me that he will be. He's everyone will very, forget all about a, that.
0: No, he is. This is not. Does he practice hard? This is not. Is he playing through injury? This is a very serious legal matter that's still kind of floating around out there. In the current climate of the National Football League, you want to draft a guy knowing that that could pop up again? No chance. That has mm. to be resolved. That whole situation has to be resolved. They have to be comfortable with that. Not to mention answering some of these other questions about his maturity. But, uh, no, trust me, not the same. A defensive end and a quarterback, completely different standard
2: in a draft. Room. How very fascinating that that is where you and Bucky part ways completely. Yeah. Yeah, Bucky was, Bucky was with me. Oh, no, no. Of course, everybody will forget about that. But you make, a, make some, uh, obviously, some sound points there, and you know better than I do, that's for sure. All right, listen, to hear – somebody talk about things that they know more about than I do. Make sure you listen to Daniel Jeremiah's tremendous podcast at move the sticks. It's uh, is uh, how you follow him on Twitter as well. Who you got coming up this week, DJ? Uh,
0: we've got Brady Quinn locked in. We can talk about a little bit of his Notre Dame and that Florida state game. We Wonderful fellow. He was a great guy. And then we'll talk to some, some NFL quarterbacks and then, uh, Efforting should hopefully have it locked up to get David Caldwell, general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are playing a trillion rookies, including Blake Bortles, uh, get a
2: chance to bring him on. Be our fifth general manager in eight shows. Dave. Unbelievable! Good for you, um, playing on those connections. I'll tell you what, too. By the way, Caldwell and Gus Bradley—if you have been paying attention—it wasn't that it was. It wasn't as simple as. The Browns were going to let down after that franchise no. sorted the find They've been more competitive
0: and this year than they were early last year. Look at the last yeah. three
2: weeks. They have shown up three straight weeks against decent teams. Look what they did to Philadelphia at the beginning of the season with the first half. Then they yeah, just, that's the right. The wheels fell off. Yep, that's true. Um, so, uh, yeah, so tune into that one. It's too bad, in fact, about Polozny now being down yeah, for the year and everything one. because now you figure out. Kelvin it.
0: Smith, another rookie that played really well.
2: Um, so uh, All right, so be on the lookout for uh, DJ's great podcast there. And uh, speaking of upcoming guests, James Laurinaitis, Brady Quinn is the brother-in-law, brother-in-law. of Hawk. Yeah. Our pal Hawk, his best friend is James Laurinaitis, is Hawk's best friend. So he must bring know that Brady up. Quinn. I'll bring it up. Oh, it's a, it's a, see, it's a, the overlap is tremendous. Six degrees of Daniel Jeremiah. All right. Um, Thanks to Jeremiah. Thanks to Bucky Brooks again. At Bucky Brooks is how you track him down. Thanks to Black Tie. We've got something special for you coming up later in the week. A little DDFP TV long form. Speaking of, do you know what number episode this is? Yeah, it's number what this one? Yeah, this is three hundred. This is three hundred. Three hundred. This is the big three hundred. Yeah. Congratulations! Wow, dude! Congratulations! And we've gotten the the. How many digits now? T- eight digits in listeners? Ten million? Something like that?
0: We're around there. Yeah, we'll release the numbers pretty soon. Wow. Yeah.
2: Dave. Numbers. Some
0: uh, um, some big things with DDFB on the horizon moving forward. That's all I'm going to say. 300.
2: That's the most of anything I've ever done. I've got, uh, I've got 293. <laughs> I've got 293 to go to catch you. And you've got four or five more shows till you pass I do one a week. I do downloads. one a week. It might take me a while. <laughs> All right. Uh, so anyhow, like I say, we'll be back for more Huey and Applesauce later in the week. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you
2: they say every dog has its day but when you're lulu and your parents drive a camry every day is your day the roomy rear seat is the perfect whoa is that the dog park backseat besties it's a camry vibe the all-new
0: all-hybrid camry toyota let's go places burgers are best fresh from the grill well more specifically burgers with hellman's real mayonnaise